Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. And uh, just before we get on with this episode, just wanted to give a big shout out to all the listeners because we've achieved in this channel 16,000 unique listeners per month. Now, that's a big number for me because essentially I'm an amateur podcaster. So really appreciate the significant support and please do spread the word. So once again, thank you very much. If you like the episode, click like, subscribe and share. And uh, hopefully I will continue to produce good content on a weekly basis. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DevRaka Personal Finance, episode 107. And in this episode, we'll discuss specifically about property expenses, which can be claimed as deductions. Now, this topic has been specifically requested by a number of listeners, and I have done a tax deduction series back in episode 94 to 99, but I didn't actually include this episode because... Um, I didn't really think of it. So when people sort of pointed it out to me that I didn't include a property deductions episode, which is a valid point, I thought I'd make one. Now, Australians love property and many of us have investment properties, including myself, which are negatively geared. So it's important to understand and know what is claimable and what is not claimable when it comes to property expense deductions. For those of you that are new to the channel, the aim here is threefold. The first one is to be educated. Improving your financial literacy is very important. The second one is by being educated and having improved financial literacy, it's going to be empowering you to use that knowledge to take to your relevant advisors and experts. And the third thing is, of course, to be entertained. Now, just a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. Make sure you take any financial decisions you want to make after listening to one of my episodes, take them to your appropriate credentialed advisors. In other words, don't listen to some random guy ranting on the internet about money. But if you are stuck on what to do, here are some simple steps over broad principles to get you on the right track when it comes to saving, investing, and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step one is pay yourself first. You are the most important person in your life. Take 20% of after-tax money and put it aside. That is your money, never to be touched ever again. Step two is you take that money and start investing. Into what? Ideally, into something that you understand or want to understand it. For me, I invest in index funds because I understand index funds and I understand the Australian stock market. 
Step three is reinvest your dividends. Never cash them out until the right time. The power of compounding by reinvesting dividends is phenomenal. And step four is you do it for the long term. Now, traditionally, people talk about long-term investing as 7, 10, or 15 years. In my view, I think long-term investing is minimum 20, 30, if not 40-plus years. And step five is wherever possible, automate your investments. With automation means there's less chances that you'll forget and more chances that you'll actually stick to the plan. Now, if you just use five simple steps and just implemented them in your life, you're more likely to have more money than you'll ever need in retirement. And remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life better, but most importantly, to make the lives of people around you a lot better. Now to the main topic, expenses which can be claimed as deductions for your investment properties. Now, we're mainly talking about residential properties and we're talking about properties owned by individuals, not by companies or trusts. Now, between episodes 94 and 99, I talked a lot about deductions when it comes to work-related deductions, um, COVID-related deductions. If you're interested, go back and listen to that. So what we really discussed about deduction as a primary principle is that you can claim a tax deduction, generally speaking, if you own an asset which is income producing. Now, in this episode, we'll go into specific subtopics within the domain of investment properties. So let's first talk about interest on home loans. Is this claimable? And the answer is absolutely. If you take out a loan to buy a home and then rent it out, then the interest on that loan is claimable as a cost. That is, you have an asset which is income producing, where the income is a rent. The rules are the home must be available for rent, genuinely, or must be rented out. For example, you need to advertise it. You need to make it look available for rent. You can't just leave it by itself without letting anyone know that it's available for rent. House banking is a real problem in Australia, where wealthy Australians simply leave their properties to be empty, yet try to claim a tax deduction for the interest on those loans. This is not allowed. So what sort of interest is claimable? Well, the interest on the loan amount is claimable. And if you borrow money to make any repairs to the property, the interest on the borrowings for those repairs is also claimable. So for example, you borrow money to install a new garage door for the property to make it better, that interest on that borrowing is claimable. Any interest on borrowings for repairs for the property is also claimable. For example, if you have a fire or storm damage, hopefully your insurance covers for it, hopefully you do have building insurance, and if they do cover for the entire amount, of course, You can't double dip and claim that as a tax deduction. But if it's not claimable from an insurance perspective, then you can possibly claim those expenses as deductions when you do your taxes. And of course, any renovation loans and any interest on those loans is also claimable. In fact, you can prepay your interest on the bank loans for up to 12 months. 
and claim it as a tax deduction in the year you paid them. Now, this might be a good strategy if your income rises in one year and you know the following year your income is going to drop. So, for example, if you are going to be working part-time in one of the years and we know that this financial year that your income is quite high, then you may want to prepay your interest on your loans before June 30th, 2021, because you're going to be working part-time in the financial year 2022. Now, obviously, in financial year in 2022, you're going to have to pay interest anyway, so it makes sense to prepay the interest on a higher income earning year and claim a deduction, which may actually trigger you into a lower bracket when it comes to your high income years using this strategy. Now, what sort of interest is not claimable? Number one, if you've used a property for private use, that is not claimable. Interestingly, in North America, particularly in the United States, the property that you live in, the interest on any borrowings is actually claimable. In Australia, it's not. Number two, any period for which the house is genuinely not available for rent. So the key there is genuinely not available for rent. And number three is you can't double interest claim. So let's talk about double interest claiming um, by using an example. Now, John and Melissa buy an investment property for $350,000 under a joint name, and they each have their own employment. Their borrowings is $300,000. The total interest for the financial year on their loan is $350,000 of loan is around $20,000. This means John can claim $10,000 deduction on his income tax return and Melissa can do the same, provided they jointly own the home. In other words, they can't each claim $20,000 on their tax deductions. Another example is John buys an investment property for $350,000 but borrows $400,000. The extra $50,000 he uses to buy a car for personal use. The total interest for the 12 months of the loan amounts to be $30,000. This means John can only claim a deduction on the portion of the interest which applies to the investment home loan and not which applies to his private car. So because 12.5% of the entire loan is for private purpose, he can only claim a deduction of $26,250 instead of the total $30,000 that's the rule because he's used some of that money to buy a personal car. Now, it gets really tricky if you use one account as an offset, which is also a savings account, which is offsetting an investment property. This means you need to keep very accurate records on what is used for investment and what is used for private purposes. So that's interest expenses, which can be deducted from your home and some of the things which can't be deducted from your home. What about borrowing expenses? Is that claimable? And the answer is yes. Let's look at this in detail. Now, the borrowing expenses are slightly different to the interest on borrowings. So any expense directly incurred to take out a loan to invest is claimable. This may be one, loan establishment fees, two, lender's mortgage insurance, Three, stamp duty charge to the mortgage. Now, a lot of these have been wiped out in Australia. Certainly in Victoria in 2004, it was wiped out. And I think in 2013 or 14 in New South Wales. But in New South Wales, if you buy a home under a company or trust, 
then there is something called a stamp duty, which is charged to the mortgage, I think, which which is a bit of a surprise to me because when, when I heard about stamp duty to the mortgage, I automatically assumed it was the same as state stamp duty, but it's not. It's something different. Number four, any title search fees if charged by lender to you. Number five, costs for preparing and filing mortgage documents. Number six, solicitor for filing mortgage documents. Now, this is very different to legal fees for purchasing the property. And number six, mortgage broker fees. Number seven, if any valuation is required, fees charged by the valuer. Now, what expenses do not come under this category? The category of borrowing expenses, which are actually claimable. Any interest expenses don't come under this category. That is not a borrowing expense. That is specifically deemed an interest expense on the borrowings. Any stamp duty charged by the state, this is not claimable as a borrowing expense, but it is claimable as a capital expense. And we'll talk about the difference a bit later. Any legal fees to actually purchase the property and any loan protection insurance fees. These are the ones that do not come under the category of borrowing expenses. So what about repairs and maintenance? Now, this gets really, really tricky. And I actually learned a lot when I did some exploring and research about this particular topic prior to this podcast. And I think you might learn a thing or two here, so stay tuned. To understand this portion, we need to understand four main terminologies. Number one, repairs. Number two, maintenance. Number three, capital works. And number four, capital allowance. So let's discuss these terms and then use examples to relate to repairs and maintenance. So what is repairs? This is when something in the home is actually broken. It's broken due to wear and tear or due to tenant damage. For example, Amy owns an investment apartment. The blinds are broken and she needs to hire a handyman to repair the blinds. The blinds are not replaced. That is a repair. What is a maintenance then? Now, I actually didn't know this, but the definition here for a maintenance is actually a bit different. This is when you prevent deterioration of an item while it occurs as a result of renting the property out. So, for example, Amy owns an investment apartment and the blinds are not actually broken, but they're a bit worn out and further use may break the blinds. Amy has to hire a handyman to ensure the blinds roller system is maintained so it prevents further deterioration. So what is capital works? This is when you're replacing the entire structure which may only be partially broken or you may be renovating a portion of the home. Now the rate of deduction for capital works is usually 2.5% for a period of 40 years after construction. For example, Amy owns an investment home, the carport is damaged. Instead of repairing it, Amy hires a private company to make the carport into a secure double garage with remote access. Now, if Amy does it halfway through the owning the home or at the start of owning a home, it's still the same. It doesn't matter when she does it. It's just called an initial repair if it's done at the purchase time of the property. Other examples of capital works may include building construction costs, cost of altering a building, renovations to a room, adding a fence to the property, that's actually considered a capital expenditure, driveways and landscaping features like retaining walls, turfs, etc. That's also considered capital works. 
Now, what is capital allowance is this is when you install a brand new appliance, floor or window covering to the home. You can actually claim a decline in value of the appliances or chattel based on the effective life of the item according to the commissioner's determination. Now, there is a list of items which you can actually get from the ATO with the decline in value for them. You can also reasonably determine the life of the item yourself and declare it during your deductions. So, for example, Amy owns an investment home and the dishwasher and air conditioner is actually broken and the carpets need replacement. The total cost for all this is around $10,000 and Amy has to buy new items and install them. This is called a capital allowance because she's buying assets for the home which will be depreciating over time. With respect to capital allowance, capital works, repairs or maintenance deductions, there are some general principles which need to be followed. The property must be rented out or genuinely be available to rent and the wear and tear must be related to the rentals. With each type of deductions though, capital allowance or capital works, there is something called a depreciable assets. So what are depreciable assets? Now, assets which don't form part of the home are usually called depreciating assets in value over time. So what are some of the characteristics of depreciable assets? Number one, they can be separated from the home and can be identified. Number two, it is not a permanent fixture and require replacement or repairs. So some examples of depreciable assets are carpets, flooring, curtains, appliances like dishwashers or washing machines, stoves, and any furniture which is part of the rental. Now, to make it really simple when it comes to investment property repairs deductions, here is a three-simple-step process which the ATO actually recommend. Number one, include all of the income, including short-term rental income. Number two is get your expenses right, eligibility right, the timing right. Is it going to be instant or over a period of time and appropriate apportionment for private use? And number three is records. Keep meticulous records to prove it. Now, lastly, as part of the repairs and maintenance, what about improvements? Now, improvements to the property are deductible, but you need to allocate them as a capital works project. So here's an example. Kathy owns an investment home and the internal walls need repainting due to damage and wear and tear from the rental period. However, she also wants to modernise the exterior of the home by rendering the brick walls. Kathy must ask for an itemised invoice which stipulates this if she's done by the same builder so that she can claim a deduction for internal wall painting and claim the exterior improvements as Capital Works expenditure. It's two separate things when it comes to claiming deductions. Now these subtleties I didn't actually know. And it's been an eye-opener learning about all these in detail. I suggest you speak to your licensed accountant during your tax filings if you have any more questions. Now, moving on to other expenses when it comes to investment properties, what about legal fees? Is that claimable? Now, you can claim some of the legal fees, such as evicting a non-paying tenant, although in COVID it's almost impossible to evict anyone these days. Expenses in relation to court costs for non-payment of rent and defending any damages claim due to injury from your property. 
Now, you can't claim solicitor's fees for purchase of the property. That's called a capital expense. Preparing documents for loan, that's a borrowing expense. And defending your title of your property if the bank comes after it. And lastly, here are some expenses which can be claimed as a deduction. And these are immediate deductions and don't have to be spread over a number of years. And that is advertising for tenants, number one. Number two is body corporate fees. Number three is council rates. Number four is water charges. Number five is land tax. Number six is cleaning the property. Number seven is gardening, landscaping, any maintenance costs. Number eight is pest control. Number nine is insurance, building, contents, public liability. Number 10 is property agent and leasing fees. Number 11 is income protection insurance to protect as income loss from rental property. And number eight is cost for travel to visit your rental properties. If it's related to the maintenance and inspections of the property, not just to drive by to have a look at the property because you love it. Now, this is a very, very big topic, and I hope this podcast episode provides an introduction on tax deductions for investment properties. There is plenty there to be claimed, so make sure you make tax efficiency your major aims when it comes to property expense deductions. Now, that's about it for this episode. I hope the systematic breakdown of uh, investment property deductions was useful. I know many of the listeners have investment properties. And thank you to all of those that have contributed to questions in regards to this topic. And that has really prompted me to record an episode specifically about this. And I'm sorry that I omitted it in the 94 episode to 99 episode series of tax income and deduction series which is quite surprising. So there you go. Devraga can make mistakes. So appreciate the follow-up questions on this topic. Thank you again for questions, likes, and comments. Please make sure you give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or any podcasting app you may be using. It really does help promote the podcast so more people can download and listening to it. It really does help the algorithm. And if you really want, leave a review too. As promised, Creative reviews will be read in an episode live. And in that theme, here is a review I found on Apple Podcasts from T-H-K-K-G-F-S-D-H-J-O-U-G-V-D-S-S-V-J. Amazing podcast, really helpful and really has made a difference in my life. Thank you very much, Dev. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Now, that is an epic username. So thank you very much for that review. And if you want to leave more reviews, I really would appreciate it. I think we've just cracked the 100 ratings review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much for those that got me through that line. Remember to like Devraga Facebook page, shout out to comments and questions on it or topic suggestions or join me in one of the many Facebook groups that I regularly contribute to. Share this channel with family and friends and Apple Podcasts, Anchor Apps, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts or whichever platform you use. And remember, always pay yourself first. Take 20% of after-tax income and put it aside. That is your money. You are the most important person in your life. And learn about income and deductions, particularly about property expense deductions, because I think it's really important to know what you're entitled to claim and what you're legally allowed to claim to try and minimize your tax. This is Dev Rucker, Personal Finance, Episode 107. As always, please make sure you stay safe. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 